Hi, this is Ken Morton Jr., and you are listening to the 29th episode of Hazel Rockets podcast. We talk all things golf here at Hazel Rockets, and the last two podcasts that we've been playing, we've had a series of two prior to this that have been dealing uh, with a topic of inclusion and diversity within the game of golf. Uh, two podcast episodes ago, we had Jane Siebers, executive director for the Martin Golf Foundation, talking about uh, some different programming that's going on here in Northern California to bring the game of golf to a whole different level of uh, folks here talking about uh, every from disabilities to uh, vets coming back to uh, women's specific programming to um, providing funding for junior programs of kids of color um, and a variety of different programs. Last week's episode, we had an opportunity to talk to Sandy Cross, who is the uh, CEO of People for the PGA of America. She is in charge of both developing a more diverse workforce with the PGA of America as uh, from a golf professional standpoint, as well as developing programming to, to help open up the game of golf. In today's episode, we get to uh, talk to Passion Graham. Uh, Passion is working for the Desert Mountain Golf Club overseeing a couple of their uh, clubhouses and is by all uh, defines uh, definitions a complete rock star down in Arizona with club management, um, a rising star in the CMAA. Um, and I have a handful of folks that know her well that just say that she is a, a true blessing to be around every day. And we're excited to talk to her a little bit later in today's episode but we, in, you know, we. I keep asking that question on why this is an important topic to continue to talk about, and um, diversity is such an increasingly important topic, not just in golf, but in our culture as a whole. And, and again, circling back again, why, why, why? And, and the reality is, is that when you value differences, you can create a more positive environment where people can thrive and do their best work. And that's not just with people in, you know, your own community or that look like you or that um, are in your personal tribe. It's for the country. It's for the world as a whole. And any investment of resources and diversity, inclusion and equity isn't just a way to help you, uh, your staff feel appreciated or your customer feel appreciated. It's really the right thing to do on a human level. And in golf, that's easier said than done. Um, we, all the managers, the CMAA, the PGA, we often all agree that we all value diversity, inclusion, and equity, but are we doing the correct program and, uh, programs and taking the sufficient steps to implement programs to really execute on that mission? We have to truly understand the definition of what those means and the experiences of the people coming up into the golf business to really, uh, see if those programs and all of the initiatives and behaviors that we're doing really uh, can make this a reality in our sport. Um, and that brings us to uh, talking to someone who has been up through that program. So uh, Passion Graham is, uh, has two decades of practical experience in the hospitality and management of different businesses and has truly garnered a reputation that is above reproach within the private club industry. 
Um, she was recruited to Open 7 at the Desert Mountain Golf Club, and she's going to talk to us a little bit about this amazing club, um, becoming one of the first persons of color to manage a platinum club in the entire nation. Um, after overseeing the construction, she was responsible for building the entire team uh, that would open up that particular clubhouse. And then um, a year later, has been the recipient of several accolades, both in the uh, Scottsdale Valley and even at the national level. Um, she, uh, prior to being at Desert Mountain, she was the director of food and beverage at the Highland Golf and Country Club um, as a food and beverage supervisor and at the Charlotte Country Club in her home state of North Carolina. She's heavily involved with the Club Management Association of America. She volunteers as a mentor. She is the co-chair of the Education Committee of the Southwest Chapter and was recently honored as the Kendall Scholar at the 2020 CMAA World Conference. Um, and that accolade arrives on the heels of her being named as one of the top 26 club managers in the nation under the age of 40 in 2019. She is a rock star, and we're super excited for her to be able to talk about her personal experiences in the golf business and probably getting a little bit of insight and knowledge on what it's going to take to create a more uh, equal and diverse uh, golf industry in the process. So without further ado, we would like to welcome Miss Passion Graham to Hazel Rockets. Well, Passion, thank you for joining us on Halls of Rockets this morning. Um, I probably wanted to open up maybe in just kind of uh, getting a little bit of background on you and kind of how you got into the golf business. Absolutely. So first, I would like to just extend an immense, immense amount of gratitude to you for, you know, just the opportunity podcast this morning. So first, thank you for that. And um, to talk a little bit about my history. So I started in hospitality, as many of us do, working fast food at McDonald's as a teenager. My first job um, when I was 14. Um, and then I transitioned, started working in nicer restaurants, worked in a couple of state houses, and then transitioned into hotels where I worked through college. And once I left Fayetteville State University, I moved to Raleigh, North Carolina, and started working in the healthcare industry. I was told I needed to get a real job, that hospitality wasn't, you know, a big girl job. And so I worked in healthcare and it just didn't fill my cup. It was, it didn't make my heart sing. I wasn't excited about it every single day. And so um, I actually started an event planning business. And from there, I ended up moving to Charlotte, North Carolina and made some wonderful connections. And I went to an event that was at this venue called the Wadsworth Estate, which is right outside of Uptown Charlotte. It's a historical home that was transformed into an events venue. And it was one of their first events. And the young lady that owned it was a judge. And um, so she had a background in law, not an event. And I saw that she needed a little bit of assistance. So um, my natural inclination was to jump in and assist her. And we had a conversation afterwards, and she was having another event the next day that she invited me back to assist with. 
And I just started being invited back every every day after that and became the events manager and really did that startup. And it was a wonderful experience. Um, fast forward 2011, the Democratic National Convention was coming to Charlotte. We did a couple of bids, um, both as events uh, coordinator and events venue, and we won both of those bids. So that catapulted us to a whole nother level of exposure. And um, But going through that process taught me how much I actually did not know about the business, if you will, of events and hospitality. And so with that, I decided to go back to school to get my degree in hospitality in 2013. And from there, Part of that um, program was learning about country clubs and hospitality within in the club sector. And my director of the program actually reached out to me two months in and said, hey, I worked in clubs for 30 years. You have the personality I think would be a great fit for you. And I actually said, thanks, but no thanks. I actually know my path. Clubs is not going to be it, but I appreciate you. Um, so I waited until my very last semester that I could possibly take the course because I just was not interested. And um, the first club that we went to go visit was Charlotte Country Club. And I remember like it was yesterday, pulling through those gates and seeing literally the greenest grass I believe I've ever seen in my entire life and seeing that, that clubhouse and coming in and everyone, it was as if we belonged there. They knew our names. They were expecting us. The warm welcome, it was it was amazing, unlike anything I've ever experienced. Like I'm getting chills just thinking about it now. And we got a tour and had a presentation from Mr. Damon Diorio, who was then CEO of, of Desert Mount, I'm sorry, of Charlotte Country Club. And I was surprised, hook, line, and sinker. I spoke with him after the presentation and tour and let him know that I wanted, I needed to work for him. And I hand-delivered my, my resume a couple of days later, and the rest, as they say, is history. That with my foray into, into clubs. And, uh, you were, and then eventually made your way to Desert Mountain. Maybe for those folks that aren't familiar with that property, maybe give them a little indication on kind of who and what that is. Absolutely. So Desert Mountain is a large privately owned um, golf and country club in North America. Um, we are located um, in the mountains of Scottsdale, Arizona. We have seven golf courses, six of which are Jack Nicklaus courses, and we have one part three. We have seven clubhouses. We have um, a ranch. You name it, we have it. It's I, I always liken it to Disney World for adults. So any type of experience that you want to have, you are able to have that at Desert Mountain. It is truly country club on steroids. I can uh, I can vouch for everything that Passion <laughs> is saying. The uh, the club is um, in, in, truly um, anything that you would like to do, from uh, golf to fitness to uh, you know, or truly anything you could hiking. possibly think of hiking. Yeah. Fishing, yeah. uh, you name it. Um, yeah. The, the club <laughs> provides, it's, it's really an amazing experience. 
Um, in your role specifically at Desert Mountain is doing what? So I was actually recruited to come out and oversee the construction and open up our newest clubhouse, which was seven. We launched that in um, April of 2019. So I started as the, the clubhouse manager of seven. I then transitioned and became a clubhouse manager over at Outlaw. And we wanted to reimagine and do some new, fun, and cool and exciting things there. So I had the opportunity to, to kind of re-transform, if you will, um, our Outlaw Clubhouse. And then I moved down to CG, which is where we house all of our events and big parties. And, um, and then just last week, so you are getting the scoop, I became our catering and events manager. So I have kind of gone back to my roots, if you will, and am now focused on, on catering and events. Well, congratulations on the new gig. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And that's also, you know, the beauty of Desert Mountain. I've had so many new, cool, vast, and exciting opportunities and I still get to maintain my tenure. I'm still at the same place. And where else can you have an experience like that? And you get out of the North Carolina humidity. I mean, that's a win-win right there. <laughs> Absolutely. I do not have to fight and wrestle with mosquitoes all day. No hurricanes <laughs> or tornadoes. It's amazing. <laughs> Well, Passion, we, uh, we're, we're, this is the third in kind of a, uh, a three-part series on our podcast about um, kind of just talking about all things inclusion and adversity in golf. And with you being a, a woman of color in the golf business, I wanted to get your perspective on a couple things and just maybe, uh, maybe kind of just starting um, with just why that's important in the golf business. Why, why do we need new voices like yours uh, help pushing us forward? Absolutely. Well, I think, you know, in business, period, regardless of the sector, but especially in golf, diversity brings a competitive advantage to the marketplace, right? So the more voices that you're able to hear, the more perspectives that you're able to gain, the better it's going to make you when you present whatever your product is, you know, and you're going to be able to capture other sectors of whatever market that you find yourself in. So from a business perspective, it just makes sense. And then from a humanistic perspective, it's just the right thing to do. It's just the right thing to do, you know, to, to be inclusive of all individuals, to not shun or shut anyone out because of, you know, they're because of their sex, because of their race or ethnicity. It's, you know, it's honestly, and, and the place in which we find ourselves in um, right now is a unique one in that everyone is woke, as they say, you know, everyone's ears are open and, and they're listening. And so I think it's prime opportunity, you know, for, for everyone to make their voices heard while we are in this position to where people want to, to listen and are hungry for this knowledge and information. So again, thank you for also, you know, allowing this platform to, to make my voice heard. For sure. For sure. I, 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 we totally agree that, you know, the broader the scope of voices that we have within the golf business, the stronger it is. And 
to to mm. try to continue it be uh, narrow and, and focused um, just excludes opportunity to grow the game number one but you know yeah. more importantly you know you know we're all in biz in the business of golf also and uh we we need it to be as broad and welcoming as we can right absolutely absolutely yeah. what um you can you have a, a distinctly different perspective from golf than than i do is there what from your perspective might be the hurdles to getting more women and more people of color into uh, the golf industry? Well, I think the the biggest thing uh, to start would be exposure. You know, um, people don't believe they can be something that they can't see. So if you don't see individuals that you can connect to that look like you doing something, then more oftentimes than not, it's not, it's just not programmed in your mind to think that that's something that is even available to you. So exposure is going to be number one, and then access is number two. You know, we know that there is a level of, you know, financial acumen. There's a, there's a level of, of wealth that is associated with the game of golf. And So with that, you know, there are wonderful programs, you know, First Tee comes to mind that, um, you know, do offer access to marginalized communities and individuals who typically wouldn't be exposed to the game of golf. But I think, um, again, having that exposure and access, top two, hands down. For sure, for sure. Um, Have you found that in your role that you're getting to – uh, mentor uh, um, new women coming into the game and, and, and you know, a, a diverse um, uh, group of faces in behind you as well? Yes, absolutely. So I am heavily involved with CMAA, which is Club Managers Association of America. And we partner, you know, with the PGA as well. And with that, we have World Conference every year. And we have each... Um, with World Conference, we have mentorship programs, and I always sign up um, to be a mentor. And with that, you know, anything from speaking during one of the sessions and just allowing students to see, oh, there's a woman. Oh, there's a person of color who looks like me, who I can relate to. And, you know, just having that, I can't tell you how many opportunities it has given me to just connect with younger individuals and the ripple effect of that. So we have an amazing intern class um, this year, this summer at Desert Mountain, and they are all young ladies, and it wasn't intentional. We actually did have a young man who ended up having to decline um, his, his participation, but we have a group of outstanding young women who through some way or another over the course of the last year or two, I've had the opportunity of, you know, connecting with whether it was through a speaking engagement or an online Zoom session or my visiting a university or something to that um, extent. And it has been wonderful to see their excitement um, just from the involvement of the internship program and the way that in which they want to grow their careers within this industry. 
So you're paying it forward is what you're doing. Absolutely. I mean, to whom much is given, much is required, right? And so I could never say thank you and pay homage enough to the individuals that came before me. Um, obviously, Mr. Damon Diorio is my biggest, greatest mentor, but then I look at individuals like Jill Philman, um, you know, who were in this industry and, you know, mentored me, Krista Evans, Marcy Mills, you know, the women who, who came before me and definitely paved the way. And so I, I want to do the same thing for others. I am, that is my charge. And I am definitely, I have to do that. I have to. So, Passion, I have one last question for you. And, and for folks listening to this, I have not had the uh, blessing of talking to Passion before this morning. And, um, uh, but I have uh, some friends who know her extremely well. And she, um, <laughs> what they say is that her name describes her uh, soul about as well as anyone possibly ever could. And I have to know about your first name and kind of the, uh, <laughs> the, the design behind that uh, before we go. <laughs> well, I wish that there was this really cool story and I'm asked that a lot and it really isn't. So when my mother was pregnant with me, both she and her best friend were pregnant at the same time and they came up with names, Precious and Passion. And, her friend had her daughter first, and so she named her Precious, and I got stuck, and I say that with air quotes, with passion, but I think I got the better end of the deal, so <laughs> it worked out, and, you know, I think it became a self-fulfilling prophecy for me. I think I've just grown into my name, and, you know, you can't, with a name like Passion, you can't be humdrum, right? <laughs> no, exactly right. I mean, your mom yeah. just, she she set a compass for you and you have followed it to the T. <laughs> Literally to oh, the T. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was good. That was good. But I'm... <laughs> awesome. Uh, Passion, thank you so very much for your time this morning. Um, we sure appreciate it. Um, if there was someone out there thank listening you. and uh, wanted to uh, contact uh, you um, via email just to uh, learn more about your experience and maybe to get into the golf business. How how might they reach out to you? Oh, absolutely. Thank you. Um, so my email address is P as in passion, Graham, G-R-A-H-A-M at desertmt.com. So P Graham at desertmt.com. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, again, Passion, thank you very much for your time. Uh, it was a, a, a truly honor, and uh, we wish you the very, very best. Thank you so much, Kane. Great there.